everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Anime Jam Session. We are at Podcast Talks About Anime, Games, Conventions, The Fandom, Geek Stuff, and Everything in Between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. And Ichigo is out. I don't know if she's not feeling well or if she overslept. But if she happens to wake up while we're streaming, we will gladly dial her into the, into the show. So, And that's how we do it. So, anywho, how is everybody doing tonight? Pretty freaking bad. <laughs> mm. I believe it. I'm tired. You're always tired. Yeah, I know. No, I'm just saying, you're just always tired. Yeah, I know. Mm. <laughs> Anywho, we are live tonight, week of August 31st, 2021, here on Twitch TV. We're here live Tuesdays from 9.30 to 11 Eastern Daylight Time. And when I was coming back from my my weekly foraging of groceries and whatnot... I noticed it started to get a little bit darker a lot quicker. Mm. Yeah, that's that's uh, the year the year pro- uh, progressing after uh, the first day of summer. Yeah. Anywho, you can find us here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session on Tuesday nights. Um, we may I may be adding a second night of Wednesday or Thursday for. Anime game night. I haven't decided. I'm figuring things out. We'll just see how that goes. And also, Anime Jam Session is part of the Voice of Geeks Network. You can find out more information about them and other shows that are part of the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. And we're all and they also stream on starting on Sundays at Twitch TV slash Vog Network. And we are syndicated through them. So if you're watching through Vogue, hey everybody, how's it going? And don't forget, we have a Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord. So swing by and hang out with us there. Every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has a channel. So come through, hang out. And these are the last couple of weeks before we close up the pool. And now that we got that out of the way, we're going to go back and forth around the room. um, Ask everyone, how was your week? How was your day? Ari, how are you, man? You've been out for a couple of weeks, man. Yeah, a lot of it's like the first couple ones were uh, work based, but right. this past week was uh oh boy, that was a fucking trash fire. So uh <clears throat> last Friday I, I decided to just go to the ER because what happened was like for weeks now I'd been feeling, you know, tingling in my hands, mm-hmm. arms and feet if I would just either walk around too much or just lean on something the wrong way, it would just you know, shoot right up my hands or feet. I just decided, you know what, the minute clinics aren't going to do much for me. I'll just go straight to the ER. Maybe they'll right. give me something there. So they test me out. You know, they take blood work and they're like, okay, we have to keep you for a while. I'm like, why? Now, well, let me bring it up here. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they tested my blood and my uh, potassium levels were uh, kind of low. And I have the uh, various diuretics I was on to blame for that. Uh. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, what day was it that was in there? Uh, all right, the 21st. Um, here we go. Oop, not, not that one. You see what happened? Like, here we go. You see that 
you know, you have to have like, you know, different levels of like think stuff in your blood and right. uh, respect, at, you know, certain levels to be considered, you know, safe. And for potassium, it's the range is somewhere between three and a half and four point five. Mm-hmm. Here is what mine bottomed out at one point seven. Yikes! Wow. Yeah, basically what happened was all the uh, diuretics I was taking, they had completely drained all like the potassium out of my body, which was making me feel, you know, lethargic and fatigued and all that, which is why I ended up freaking sucking wind just going up too many flights of stairs. And, uh, you know, they had to keep me for days at a time, you know, and, you know, the primary thing was they would, you know, have like the, you know, the the drips, mm-hmm. you know, going into your arms. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mine got pr- mine got banged up pretty badly, you know, because uh, I got stuck all the different places for IVs and even more places for uh, blood work right. or labs, as they call them. And aside from that, they also had different med- different potassium medicines to take, mostly pills, but you know, also stuff that dif- dissolved the water. And uh, right. the worst of this, the worst of it was. These little, like, they came in little, uh, they look like a fast food sauce packet in the cups. Mm-hmm. And you know how orange drink tastes? Yes. Take the inverse of that. Because that's how bad this stuff tasted. I just want you to know, um, my doctor has me taking this vitamin B complex for my liver. And every time I open the vitamins, I get like a a faint whiff of orange. And I'm just like, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me, you know? And I know it's not, it's, you know, you just got me thinking of that. No, but this stuff was nasty. Like, mm. the nurse like freaking laughed because as soon as I took the first shot, I was like. And, and there was two of them. So we just decided, okay, pour them both into one little cup so I don't right. have to force myself to take the second one. And you know, you know the pills and this other stuff that dissolved in water, but you know I had to stir it up really bad, like really quickly, because uh, you know it didn't dissolve readily. But that that was that wasn't that bad. It, you know, it tasted even better once it was like in cranberry juice. Mm. And I told the one nurse, "Have you ever done that thing where you just like put candy in a glass of water and let it melt and then drink it?" Because yeah. that's what that one tasted like. Mm. And she just kind of looked at me weird. Like, like she'd never done that. Probably. And as Bob Coffee says in our chat room here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session, he says, I know that feel, Ari. I'm on blood thinners for the next few months. Thanks to a blood clot I got due to gallbladder removal surgery. Been poked too much the past month and a half. Oof, that's harsh. Uh, let's, uh, what else is it? Hey, uh, like, the food there was actually pretty good. They had a that's good. semi-competent you know, catering thing. But but the point is, I wasn't going to get better with, you know, just have bananas, you know, mm. and stuff, because, yeah, it was that bad. They had told me that the reason it was taking so long is because all those diuretics had pretty much, you know, rang every little bit of potassium out of my cells. And right. Even just the, uh, the drip, you know, the drip bags I was getting, which they had the, which had to run over four hours because of, uh, you know, how potassium reacts in the body and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'll get like, even then I was still like four a day for almost five, for four days at least. Gotcha. So you just had to keep playing catch up and catch up. Oh, and 
the you know the the hospital room is actually nicer than you know my own bedroom. The only problem is like the shower, the, the bathroom, the ensuite shower is just you know a shower head sticking out of the wall. Bro, let me tell you, I think it was a couple of months ago. I went to go visit a friend of mine in the hospital. When I walked uh-huh. into her into her room, you know she's you know it's a two room, and I looked around briefly and I went. Jesus, this room is bigger than my apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I wish I was kidding. I no, wish. I, I, I've seen your, I've seen your <laughs> Yeah, mm mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you weren't allowed to, you know, like, there was, like, rules and regulations on when, when you could, you know, actually get up and shower. Yeah. And whatnot, because, you know, there's, you know, older people there who, uh, like, who can't, who aren't very mobile and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Some who, they're for quarantine on COVID. Right. But for me, it was... Nice haircut, dude. Ta-da! I couldn't, you know, properly wash my hair and whatnot or even shower, period. Yeah. And the only kind of hair care products I have were these little travel-sized bottles of Johnson & Johnson baby shampoo. Mm-hmm. So as I, like, lay there in the bed, my hair just became more knotted and tangled and just looked like, you know, a giant... Like, it was, like, there was a big, you know, tangle of hair about this size Mm. on the back of my head by the time I got out of there. So when I got released, I just, like, yeah, there's... This is unsalvageable. I have to get this thing cut off. So, yeah, I had my first haircut in nearly a decade. How does it feel? It feels really weird because, A, I'm going to be going through shampoo and conditioner a lot more slowly now. Right. And, like, like the uh, urge to herbal mode is not worthless. And uh, I, I keep doing, like, the habits of, like, you know, pulling, like, pulling non-existent hair back away from my ears if I have to, like, itch it or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a Q-tip or something like that. And, yeah, I miss it. I mean, I, mean it's, I, I know it's just hair and it'll grow back, but still... You look like you're about to jobber for uh, Triple H, you know, in, in a dark match or something like that. Oh, God, the hundred bucks I'll pay me wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> Get paid a hundred bucks, spend 95 on the damage. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, speaking, of, like, speaking of damage, you know, I'm not looking. Like, I know I have good insurance at work and all, but I am not good, looking forward to. Uh, the bill for five days in the fucking hospital <laughs> oh look, look, let me tell you then we'll just we'll kick it over to mako chan like last like earlier this month I, I you know i had to had to have like a stool sample done whatever i get the, <sighs> they did that to me too no i had to bring it into them they didn't go digging i no. oh yeah they, they got it off me the hard way oof but uh i get the bill for that Six dollars and thirty-seven cents. Wow! I know. I, I'm just sitting here going, you know. You mean to tell me I have to pay you guys six dollars and thirty-seven cents for a piece of? Yeah. Like nah. I just found it funny. But anywho, moving right along. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? 
Um, not bad. Uh, actually, actually got to you know socialize this weekend. Socialize? What's socialize? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, my 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 introverted ass was very confused being out of the house for so long. But uh, what's yeah, that big um, red, like, what's that big yellow ball in the sky? That's the sun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Saturday con Sunday shopping at Mitsua and Monday um, having a horrible horrible stomach ache from eating food that I have not eaten in like four to five months um, but it was so worth it it was worth the pain but I, I paid for that that shit hurt man <laughs> like like everything still hurts because I was so bloated so even just swallowing water hurts right now. Oof. Oof. But yeah, totally <laughs> worth it. God, that wow. It, it's 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 nice to indulge every once in a while, especially when you purposely take the day off because you know you're probably going to screw yourself. The more you know, that was a weird sound effect. Sorry about that. I didn't think it was going to be that loud. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually blew up Mako Chan's left ear. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all right. Okay, good. But yeah, shopping trip went well. Uh, I I <laughs> weird thing is I love socks. Um, I've always had an affinity with socks uh -huh. um anything geeky so uh this weekend i was able to find a pair of sailor jupiter socks and a pair of um bats maru socks so i picked up two pairs of socks and at the convention i got a couple of masks so now i have those fun little masks that have like you know little facial facial features on them mm -hmm. And uh, and I got a little Godzilla figurine in a blind bag, and that will probably be my thing for next week that I'll show off. Gotcha. Okay. Alright, so my weekend day has been basically the same as Mako's, except that, you know, just getting things done, and we went to this convention, which we will talk about, you know, later on in the show, you know, and I tagged along, went along for the Mitsua trip. Uh, I did buy some stuff from uh, from the convention, uh, PoochieCon, the con that we went to, you know. I will not reveal what... Eh, screw it, I might as well. They're not listening. I bought two autographs from Kyle and, and, a, and, a, and a voice recording. So, all three of those are gifts for people. So, you know, I'm just hand those out and just call it a day. Um, other than that, it's just been is what it is. But I do have an update. Date. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, but I've had trouble with my Xbox One controller and I've been going through a bit of a pain in the arse to get the proper controller. For, to summarize, I went through Amazon and I bought a refurbished Xbox One controller. I get it. And it's an Xbox Series controller. Tell them they've sent the wrong one. I get another one. Open it up. Xbox Series controller. Ugh. No. So, I said, screw this, go to GameStop, order one from their website. 
and I get it. And I open it up, and it's a knockoff Xbox One controller. I mean, they actually opened it up the controller and replaced the buttons with clear with clear buttons. And the Xbox button that you push to turn it on, it's not as bright as it normally should be. And the battery case doesn't even say Xbox on it. It's just a black battery case on a white controller. I'm like, how the fuck did this pass through SMP, you know? I mean, Q&A. What the hell? This is some used GameStop accessory kind of shit. I know, I know. So... I am going to send that back. I meant to stop into GameStop today and see if they had any Xbox One controllers, but I totally forgot. So there is one up on 86. I might swing over there tomorrow and just see, because I think I do have to go out and run some errands. Well, I'll figure that out one way or another. So that was that. And then every two months, give or take, I put in an order to Target through Ship.com, which... They own. Basically, what I used to do is I used to buy two cases of seltzer water every week. I got tired of buying buying the seltzer water and bringing them home because they're heavy. So I placed yeah. an order for like seven cases of water and any other accessories that I, I have. So I figure, you know, I'll pay the $9.99 for the delivery fee because... It's for believe it or not, I do this four times a year. It's a lot cheaper than paying sixty bucks for a year service. So I end up paying like forty dollars. Big deal. Now, last time this happened when I ordered the water, I got the wrong ones. The shipper didn't contact me about replacements. I contact Target, file a complaint, and my order was 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 refunded. Okay. Place an order to uh, I place I place the order yesterday. I get a text saying like two of the waters I want weren't in stock, so I'm like, according to the website, they had it. Oh, well, get me these instead. And I get the delivery. Actually, I didn't get the delivery. I get the notification that the, that my food, my, my products, my merch was delivered. And generally, with the with like shipped and like Uber Eats and all that, when they deliver your stuff, they they, you get a text notification and a picture of where it's delivered so you know where to look. So I'm laying in bed watching TV and I get the text and I get it on my on my watch. So sometimes on the watch, you don't get the picture or if you do or in this case, I think I got the picture, but I wasn't paying attention. So I go outside. And I don't see the stuff at, at the top of my stairs. So I go to the front of the apart of the house. I didn't see anything over there either. I turn back around, and I start walking, and I'm just like, don't tell me. Now, if you've been to my house, for those of you who have not been to my house, there is a walkway between two two houses. And I always tell people, the stairs going down on the left. Because the stairs going down on the right is another up is to the house next door. I happen to look down those stairs and crane my neck around just a skosh. Everything is packed nice and neatly. Inside the door area where, you know, if you didn't look, you would not have noticed it. And I'm just like, what the f... And I bring everything in. And then I notice I have two... I have seven packs of water. Four of the packs are two of the same. So I have two of the citrus and two of the... Think. 
orange grapefruit. And the thing is, I'm not terribly upset about that because I actually enjoy those flavors. But the fact of the matter remains, I did not... I said get these, so evidently they weren't looking, so... And I don't want to be that person, but it's not hard to follow directions and contact the the, you, the person if certain flavors or items are not in stock. And I have it set so if, if certain items not in stock, let me know. Because I'll be like, skip it or, you know, get me this instead. So I'll be contacting um, uh, Target tomorrow, but, you know. Also, if you haven't noticed, this is for those of you who watched the stream, if you notice the wrist... Uh, like the color of my of my wrist uh, watch is a different color. I have finally retired the Fitbit, and I now have a Galaxy Watch Four, and I just put a custom uh, wristband on there because I'm not saying red is my favorite color. I just can wear it pretty well. It's just it just goes well with black and red, so those are like my colors. So you know, I got that. The watch is going fine. Hell, the watch face is, is black and red, but I think from looking at it, I'm probably going to change it any minute now, so we'll see what it is. And as um, Bonds006 says, I have four Xbox One controllers, three have drift issues, and one have the left thumbstick rubber removed. Wow. I might want, if it was me, I would try to fix those. I actually have a busted Power A Zelda controller. The company didn't even want me to send it back. They just sent me a brand new one, so I'm sitting here like, maybe I should crack it open and see if I can fix it. And Bond also says, I can picture what you are describing. Thank you so very much. I greatly appreciate that. All right. Now that we got that all out the way, we're going to skip over to housekeeping. Uh, let you know, um, every episode of Anime Jam Session is a uh, from, from this year on is available on YouTube on uh, Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern. Uh, if you happen to miss this week's episode or if you want to check out an older episode that's not available on Twitch, you can catch it on YouTube. And that's youtube.com slash anime jam session. Look for the playlist uh, podcast VODs. And don't forget to support the merch shop over at vognetwork.com, vognetwork.com slash shop. And don't forget, we have upcoming conventions. Um, as always, I am putting in the disclaimer that the list of conventions at Anime Jam Session that is covering can change at any given time based on availability of staff, uh, current conditions of COVID-19, and restrictions, and so forth. So, we have AAC, another another anime con, October 22nd to the 24th. Uh, Derpy Con, uh, October 30th, as of right now. The Unconvention, November 13th. Anime NYC, November 19th to the 21st, and Zenkai Con, March 25th to the 27th, 2022. And now we're going to go ahead and go into our, um, our Geek Roundtable. This is the part of the show where we talk about some of the cool geeky things that we have. Uh, Ari kicked things off while I quickly grab what I'm sharing. Okay. Um, well, uh, I, I finally... You know, I had ordered this a long time ago, you know, months ago, and it finally, finally, you know, got here. But this was, you know, weeks ago before my little, uh, I hate it, as it were, but look at this. Oh, nice. It's for the, uh, the Switch, but it's still in the shrink wrap, so I haven't opened it yet, but. See, if it was me, since I, if, if I got, I'm just saying, if I had gotten it for PlayStation 4, I'd still keep it in the shrink wrap because I already have a digital copy. Even though there's yeah, other I don't have cool a digital copy of it, so uh, oh okay, there's that. I uh, you know 
still just looking for the right time to play it, I guess. I get that. Alright, Mako-chan. Is that Diana we see down there? No, that uh, is Luna. Okay. So, I think I've shown her off before. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is actually from uh, part of the Sailor Moon My Melody uh, uh, collaboration. Okay. okay. So, everything was done in very pastel colors. Mm -hmm. um, so, Luna is her pastel purple instead of you know, black. her, her, well, she's black, but she's always portrayed as, you know, a darker purple in the series because black doesn't really show up well for things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she's freaking adorable. She has a little bow on her tail and she's just so small and cute and, you know, I love it. I really wish that they would have done more plushies for this collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they had a couple of um, the uh, combo My Melody dressed as the Sailor Senshi um, in all their pastels, but I really, really would have loved um, a Jupiter version of the Melody uh, plushie. Mm. But the collaboration was adorable, and I love it. That's nice. And as uh, one of our staffers, she was hanging on the chat, uh, Chocola, she's like, I love that collab so much. And I'm looking at him like, that looks like, I'm like, that's either Diana or like a baby Luna. It's just how. That how, was my other guess. Yeah. Baby Luna. Mm hmm Yep. No, it's just um, the whole collection is pastels mm. and cute. And so she's actually supposed to be more Sanrio looking. Gotcha. Than you know, so that's why she's, you know, all kind of chibi and cute and mm -hmm. it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I was going to show off um, something that I, I ordered off of Hot Topic, which reminds me, I just saw their ad for a bunch of pops that are coming out later this year that I need to pre-order only because they're, the price is dirt fucking cheap. But, um... I was going to show it, show that off, but since Ichigo was the one that pointed it out to me, I I will wait till she's on the show, hopefully next week. And then I'm like, you know what? I got something cool in the mail to, as a Kickstarter. I'll show that off. But I'm going to hold off on that. Be <laughs> yeah, because I realize I have stuff here that I could probably, I could probably go another month and a half you know, to share, but I got something from one of our staffers, Chocola, a little gift, and I popped it open, and I'm not showing both items off, because I'm saving that one for, like, somewhere down the line, but I have this adorable Super Sailor Venus bow tie pin. Ah, Trying to properly adjust so you can see it in the light. And this will go into the sh into the Venus Shrine later this week, which reminds me, I need to find clear sticky tab, clear sticky hooks or something like that to start hanging stuff up on because I'm that top shelf. I basically have run out of space. 
yes, Cedar the Bear, it is very nice. I didn't even think they made something like this. But I will say, this does remind me of another Sailor Venus item that is in the, um, that is up there in the shrine. I just got to go look at it later to see what it is, so... <sighs> Spilling water all over me. And Bonzo 6 says, I heard San I heard Sanrio had PTSD flashbacks on how much mo of my money that they have. My first girlfriend was in love with everything Sanrio. Wow. Ouch. I mean, it could it could be to the point where his paycheck says, um, you know, there's a there's a fee there's a fee in there that says Sanrio tax or something like that. Right, it still says housekeeping. Yeah, the the pay rate just says you're fucked. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out the way, I was kind of hoping uh, Ichigo would be here to you know help bounce questions off, but <sighs> yeah, we're going to talk about PoochieCon and. guys sound pained it <sighs> it wasn't as bad as it could have been but it was not worth the price of admission mm -hmm. now before we continue i want to put the disclaimer out there that about two three years back we did an article about poochie con and their con chair in regards to a meme that mocked a cosplayer. And the end result was that they basically, after backpedaling, they eventually apologized for it. And we, as more, when we talked and decided, you know, this is not something we, we were going to, you know, cover. But one of the guests there is a friend of the show, so I figure, you know, let's give it a try, you know, we've never been to this con, maybe some things have changed. Some things have changed. For the better or not? The jury is still out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was not impressed. Ni neither was I. Marco, you want to go first, or, or shall I go first? Um, I'll talk a little bit. Okay. So, uh, when we got there, now I live in Jersey. I'm about you know a little bit, a little bit more than an hour away from AC, which is where the convention was. So. By the time we got everything together, got up, got, you know, stopped for food, mm -hmm. um, we got to the convention, got to the registration table at about 1.30. Mm -hmm. Now, this convention is good. It's it only opened at what, 10? Yes, 10. So it's only been going for three hours at this point. They had already run out of Saturday badges. Mm hmm. Um, so, and, and I don't know when they ran out because, you know, obviously we weren't there, but 
they ended up having to give everybody little wristbands that said Saturday on them. I'm going to go so, grab mine. <laughs> oh boy. So I mean, at, at that point, you you know that you're having a convention. You know at least how many people are pre-regging. You would think that you would then purchase more badges to cover the people that are at least pre-regging. Um, so yeah, it was you know one thirty by the time we got there, and they were giving out wristbands. So wonderful for that. Um, the second thing is basically after that, nobody checked for anything. Uh, you could get into the dealers area without really being checked. Um, I don't know about most of the panel rooms, but I, I don't think most of the panel rooms really cared at that point. So it's not like they were checking badges. Yeah, I actually, uh. I, I think I, I lost mine. It's somewhere in this house. Now, I'm going to tell you a quick thing. There was a convention that we covered some time back, um, BurrowCon. What they did for the con the following year, they had excess badges from the prior year. They just slapped a brand new label on it and handed it out. That's innovative. I like that. Well, that's because they bought too many badges yeah. and nobody showed up for the convention. That is true. But also, what PoochieCon could have done was print up a bunch of labels that said Saturday because they still had a, a ton of weekend badges left. Now, granted, they may actually be four people, which I've come to find out that they did run out of weekend badges, which I'm kind of, I'm, which I'm kind of shocked about, but still, you, you, I'm saying get a slapped Saturday on it and just ran it over with packing tape and you're golden. Yeah. So I, I think my biggest grief over the whole thing is that there was absolutely nothing being done for pandemic safety they were not making sure that people were wearing their masks they didn't care they weren't making sure that people were being socially distanced they didn't care um the con staff itself was in regular street clothes and no marking on them to show who they were so trying to actually find staffers at all was hit and miss. Um, the signage sucked. What signage? Well, yeah, they, they drew on some paper and put it up in some places, and that was basically their signage. Wait, wait, hold it, hold it, stop, stop. You mm -hmm. saw you saw signage? The uh, voice actors. The voice oh actors. yeah! They they had the eight sign in the entire place. They had was on yeah was in a corner where the um where some of the voice actors were doing their autographs, and it was just a couple of pieces of paper taped together, and then very thickly in pen, not even in marker, in pen said voice actors. Yes, if you read this is some very this is some really low rent shit they got going. <laughs> No rent high ride. And this is this is a second year convention in AC. I don't remember they were I know they've been around for at least three years, but 
Yeah, but last year doesn't count, so. Mm. But, I mean, if you are having a big enough convention that you are renting out space in one of the hotels, and, I mean, there's no casino in there anymore because they either lost their license, the showboat, um, they either lost their license or weren't making enough money, but they got rid of all of the gambling stuff in there. Really? And the showboat? Yeah. Yeah. And wow, now it's um, now time. basically that area is used for conventions. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the conventions, I know a bunch of the horror conventions go there. Yep. Um, I know a lot of the anime conventions will go in there. And so there's, you know, th- it's not like there's something there for, you know, adults to do anymore. But at the same time, it's like, uh, at least have a little bit of class. It reminded me of how a bunch of you know you know school anime conventions are mm-hmm. it was very you know not very well run um it's just it's it's you don't expect that with the price of admission right now on their website you know it was basically it got that high the day of the con, you know. And I didn't think to buy the tickets early because I'm thinking, oh, this is one of those cons where it's just a flat rate across the board. Nope. But also, what's interesting is, now to go back to the whole mask mandate, it, as it says on New Jersey's website, it says face masks are no longer required in most outdoor and indoor settings. Social distancing, masking, and other safety measures are still required in high-risk areas such as healthcare, public transportation, child care, correctional, homeless shelters. But it also says here face masks are strongly recommended for both, va- for both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals in indoor settings where there's increased risk, including crowded indoor settings. Indoor settings involving activities with close contact with others who may not be fully vaccinated. Conventions kind of fit that description. Yeah, I saw a lot of cosplayers having casual conversations without masks. Even though it is recommended, it staffers should be should have been walking around at asking people to put their masks on. You know, yes, Washio Taco. I understand it's recommended. And not mandatory, even though it should be because of the Delta variant and that variant as well. You know, the the it's the fact that numbers are increasing mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Yep. Uh, to the point that he's, you know, the governor has had to say, "Hey, you know, we said that you don't have to wear a mask, but we're still recommending you do it because the numbers are increasing." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I I get it. It's a bunch of, you know, people going to a convention and they're not really giving a crap. Right. Um, But this is why I have no desire to go to conventions. Mm -hmm. Literally, the only reason why I went to this convention was to go hang out and say hi to Kyle, who I haven't seen in years. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, other than actually going and saying hello to him, I sat in an area as far away from people as I could because I don't trust you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the con could have said it is, they could have put signs around asking, you know, please wear your masks, you know, whenever possible 
throughout the place. That I would have been okay with. I would have been perfectly okay with that. Now, now here is something. Right after we got our badges, the people running the registration desk thought we were trying to jump behind the registration desk. What? Ari, here's the thing. Right behind the registration desk is the stairs into the dealer's hall. I don't like the way you put the quotes on the end of that. (laughs) Well... It was because the dealer's hall was basically nothing but Artist Alley. Yes, there was no, no there was nobody selling anime. There was nobody selling manga. It was mostly um, homemade, fan-made stuff and booty shorts. Geeky booty shorts. The uh. fact that one guy was on the floor with his t-shirts displayed on the floor... Mm-hmm. Because there was no table for him, spoke so strongly of where this convention was. Uh, In terms of, you know, what the fuckery. And I think there was an empty table, but it was for somebody that didn't show up. I mean, if I was running the dealer's hall, I would have given them that table. Now, when you walk in, there was spacing like nobody else. For example, if you've been in Otakon's, uh, if you've been to Otakon in DC, how spaced out it was, it was like that. But I want you to imagine in your, in your head about, uh, I'd say about 800 square feet. And at least 12 dealers spread out in an 800 square feet area. That's a lot of space for very little uh, coverage. Because each table, each, each booth had like, I would say... One or two tables, and these are your basic, you know, uh, four by six tables. So, when you walked in, you had two two dealers on the right. You had two on... It was just... You would think as you're walking, there's more dealers. No, it's just a lot of walking to get to certain areas. And then, there was another section. When you walked up, and there was like three dealers in there now i understand you know you have to space the dealers you know the whole social distancing thing i get that but this was absolutely ridiculous it was too spaced out now on the ground floor if you know if you've ever pictured a casino there's always an area near the slots where there's like like a kind of like a separate section for either higher for higher for more expensive slots or maybe certain roulette tables or this or that and there was two of those sections there one of the sections was the craft was the cosplay craftsmanship uh check-in and the judging and the other side was a panel room now we talked about this when we covered j1 con the only difference is that there the dealer's hall there was packed so doing a panel in that open space it's very hard because no one can really hear you. In this case, if you walked into the area, even though it's open air, you can actually hear people and hear what's going on. So that wasn't so bad. Now, 
you have go upstairs to the second floor and there's uh two panel rooms up there. I think there was a total of three. I only did I only did two. I walked into one which was the main events the uh the uh Bourbon Hall, the Bourbon Room where I was watching uh D&D Sluggers perform um Sunshine uh Stars a up and coming love live group and the Masquerade. So all right, so there was yeah. Okay, so there was three. There's three. There was three rooms. The fourth one is the staff room. You don't go in there, but everybody was over in the other areas. Now, it was a lot nicer. It was a lot quieter up there. Honestly, the way it was, what should have been done was either that back open area should have been a panel location and moved everybody towards the main air main area of the dealer's hall or just put everybody upstairs on the second floor for the panels because if you're looking at uh, from from looking at this map here um it's not it's not that hard it's not that hard to figure out um i'm going to actually try to post a picture of the map so you can see exactly what i'm talking about here all right uh nope And I like the, f I kind of like the fact that they did everything in, in like on Google Docs and stuff like that. But you could have done a PDF, or you could have just posted an image and been like, "Here you go." All right, that's part of it. I'm going to try to interact so you can see it. See, and here is the map of the convention. The first floor, is, just so you know, the noodle, the guild room is not really part of the con. The arcade is not even a part of the con. The arcade belongs to the hotel. Uh, and, the, and if you look in the front of six... Is the bowling alley still there? Uh, they closed it down and redid it as a four-lane bowling alley within the arcade. Man, I haven't been back to the showboat in years. Mm -hmm. That's why I remember, like, as a teenager and stuff, like, like in like the mid '90s. You know, my mm. dad would, uh, like, my dad's league would get invited to like special, you know, right. bowling functions at the showboat, mm -hmm. and uh, I would go down with him because a, I, I bowled. B, he yeah. would give me money to go in the arcade to keep me out of sight for the night, and then C, yes. we would end up just eating at the at the. Uh, at the buffet, anyways, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. That's cool. Miss those days, kind of. Yeah, and as you can see, right where it says six, that's the entrance, like from the top. That's the entrance, you know, to go in, and where they thought we were trying to step behind the registration desk. <sighs> and as you can see upstairs, there are they. I don't. There are a couple other rooms up that they could have done to move, you know, to 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 move. Um. Everything upstairs. Actually, if I'm also double checking, I can't believe they have five listed as the con floor, but that's just a separate section. Actually, five. What they're talking about is the walkway. It's it's the hallway to, to other stuff. You know, I'm sorry. This map is a real hot mess. 
It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. And I think 7 is like where the other panel rooms are. Good. Oh, God. Were the panels any good at least? Let, let, let me tell you something. You know how they have the... Um, the you know the convention has like the voice actor panel where they have them read certain words and stuff like that you know and their voices uh-huh. they had that and it that turned into an anime version of whose line is it anyway with people coming in from the audience I went downstairs to the maid show and that was a lot more entertaining Honestly, I wish I had recorded that instead. Hmm. Now, I Yeah, it was it basically you know, you're you're supposed to get, you know, famous lines and have mm-hmm. these famous scenes done in the characters' voices. It um, just sounds like uh like what is a cameo where you just pay the guys to read things except you're not actually paying them yeah this was a scene from pokemon like one of the first uh seasons um and it was you know very awkward because Mm -hmm. it was a 10 you know a five minute scene that there were too many characters in the scene so they had to call people up from the audience just to fill those extra characters Mm -hmm. And instead of doing, you know, oh, hey, we finished this one. Here's a new script. Here's a new scene. They did the scene three times. Oh, God. Having the voice actors switch out their roles. Well, like, switch out the characters. Well, give like, them at the same roles. Well, well, given... Now, one thing is understandable that the person hosting the panel didn't show up and they had a staffer to cover at the last minute. That's understandable. But... Could be a little bit more creative on the fly, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, whoever I, I didn't show up could have. I mean, whoever didn't, whoever I, didn't, I didn't have, yeah. I have an issue with this just because. Mm-hmm. Um, for a couple of years at ZenkaiCon, I was helping them to do this to pick the, um, to pick the character, you know, to pick the scenes to, you know, pick what character was going to go with the scene. So everything was done before they got there so i understand that they had to have a staffer just come up and you know help out with it but at the same time don't pick a series you know don't pick another anime series you have tons of crap online that is for you know two or three people Mm -hmm. that is you know known you know pick a scene from you know anything and, and also, if the person's going to be a, they could have emailed their information to a staff or to the con and have someone cover it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for them coming up with things last minute. Yep. But the way it was done, like, you could tell that the voice actors were kind of feeling awkward up there. Mm-hmm. Which you you don't want to have your guests on stage in front of everybody feeling awkward. In a way, I'm kind of glad Kyle kind of wasn't there for this. Yeah. Um. And as 
<coughs> Sia DeBerry says, sorry the planning sounds like it was pretty darn bad. Uh, don't apologize for this cluster F. Please don't. Now, I can understand year one. Year two. After that, there really is no excuse. Especially if you're doing two cons a year. Yes, PoochieCon does a June show and an August show. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I recorded The Masquerade. It was nice. It was slightly different. There were three skits. They were all Love Live. And 17 walk-ons. Thankfully, every single walk-on was craftsmanship judged. And it went to someone in Best in Show. Which is a first. Which is understandable. They gave they gave out the skit award. And I'm sorry. If, if I am running a masquerade and I only get like three to four awards. I mean entries. I'm giving every one of those skits an award. I don't care. I would just be like first, second, third, judge's choice. I would have done it just like that. I don't think there was any excuse, you know, not to give the other two entries an award. And my one question is, now, now I'm not trying to dog a cosplayer. No, I'm not. But the person that got the best in show said that they made their own Genshin Impact cosplay. And I'm sitting here going, people are making their own Genshin Impact cosplays? I see every day uh, cosplayers buying them off a of Wish or AliExpress. Same company. Same thing. And just wearing it for a few cons, putting it up on a, putting it up in one of the groups for trade or sell. You know, and I'm just like, kind of sort of side-eyeing. Granted, and I feel the same way about the about Love Live. It's like, your whole group is doing this group doing this cosplay. Next convention, you're in a different cosplay. Granted, me and Mako actually know people who have made their own Love Live costumes and or modified them. It's understandable. But, you know, it, it just kind of raises the question. And if she actually made this herself, then I give her all the power in the world. She is an, ama she's an amazing cosplayer. I'm just worried how with the sheer number of cosplayers buying stuff that they're trying to pass it off as their own. And this, this has been going on since the late 90s. Some shit never changes. No, no, it, it never does. Now, what I find also interesting, like, I think when I purchased my tickets for our tickets for the con, there was a brief information piece about, about COVID practices, but nothing like that on the website itself for the convention. And it looks like they actually fixed up some of the stuff for the con because I didn't know Lauren Landa was a guest there. I happened to go to the site now for information and there's her picture. I'm just like, where was this? <laughs> and Bonzo 6 says, Ron would give him a trade secret to Dirty Dirty Secrets. Yes, God damn it, I am. I've been, in the, <laughs> I've, I've been doing this for 20 months fucking years all right i'm I, i'm spilling all the tea god damn it speaking now, of which i have tea right here nice don't spill that but i will say this is not the first time i have been to a mediocre as such convention and it's i understand there yeah and I understand why people are going. We we're stuck in a pandemic. The cons we want to go to have been canceled or postponed. So we end up going um, 
to other conventions, you know. We need to get it fixed somehow. Exactly. Now. Still fucking banged up from all the needles. Other half-ass conventions. Okay, I should say half-ass. Mediocre cons I have been to. Springfest. DerpyCon. And I think that's the only two. I will say, as haphazard as this convention is, it actually ranks higher than DerpyCon's first year. And you have to understand, DerpyCon, most of DerpyCon staff is veteran convention staffers. I personally feel the way this con was ran, it was like it had to be an either strictly as a cash cow or as a retaliation convention. Yeah, those types of conventions do do exist or both. Was that the cat I heard again? Yep. I think I yeah, I definitely heard something then. I, I he he's telling me that I'm not paying enough attention to him. Well, that's always the case. I would say, if you, they say, this is one of those conventions where don't go unless you're going with friends, and that's the given with a lot of cons in general. But this, I strongly emphasize on, don't go unless you have a bunch of friends to go with and a hotel room to go to when it's like, yeesh, you know? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, there really wasn't a lot to do. There was no video rooms. That's right. Um, The arcade was their gaming room. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't even go into the room and play games for free. You had to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, two things that a lot of people go to these conventions to do to whether it's waste time or, you know, whatever between panels. Um, I wasn't impressed with the panel lineup. There weren't a lot of panels. And just like I was... I was bored, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, and, and I'm going back to this: the fact that they charged as much as they did for a convention that really had nothing. Um, it was a convenient place for people to meet up and hang out with friends that they hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> pre-reg for the weekend started at thirty-nine bucks. How the fuck do you sh- jump from thirty nine to seventy five dollars just like that? Right. Yeah, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, Saturday badges were seventy. Weekend badges, Saturday, Sunday were seventy five. Saturday, I will tell you this right now. I feel like I I deserve at least twenty at least twenty five dollars back per ticket. That that Saturday was worth fifty to fifty five tops. You know, tops. Yeah, and I mean the fact that. There were, there really were no vendors. There was mm-hmm. no actual vendors. There was no anime to buy. There was no manga to buy. It was legit 90% just stuff that other people had made. Yeah. There was one booth in the entire place selling figurines. Mm-hmm. Figurines that were cheaper on Amazon than the booth was selling them. At least $15 cheaper on Amazon. 
So, you know, on top of that, and, you know, you, you go to some of these uh, anime conventions and they go, okay, well, you know, the, the first, you know, the first autograph is free. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're paying the talent a decent amount so that the people that are going can get something like this. So even though the prices were outrageous to get into the convention, they still weren't paying their talent enough money to not have to charge for autographs. Mm-hmm. Now, just to tack on to that, that's going to be an event. That's going to be a trend with some anime conventions. You know, you'll notice some anime cons have tons of guests, but you have to pay for the autographs. Whereas, and some, I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with okay that. with that. I'm cool with that. I do not mind dropping, you know, ten, twenty, thirty dollars mm-hmm. for an autograph that I really want. You know, for somebody to sign my pop figures, I don't mind that at all. Mm-hmm. But when you were charging somebody $70 to get into your convention, and then you're turning around and making your talent have to also earn their own money, that there's a disconnect there. Just a little bit. There's a huge disconnect there. And it's not like they had a whole bunch of people. I think they had, what... Five voice actors? Yeah, um, I'm looking at the website now. Uh, Kyle Bear, uh, I believe Paul St. Peter, Lisa Wilkerson, um, it's, and then I go back to the main page, it's Lauren Landa, Mark Witten, and Colin O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, so I mean, I like I I've been to enough conventions. I've worked enough conventions that I know that you know, you're you're you have a lot of overhead mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of that's supposed to go. But it's just it's it's mind-boggling that for the little amount that was there to do and you know, it just the the it it just it wasn't worth it. No, it, it, it absolutely it really wasn't. sucks that you know the first convention after pandemic I go to and I would have been completely content to go say hi to a person and go back home. Mm-hmm. That's a bad look for the convention, at least I think. Yeah, but you know what the sad part is. In the end, it's like. You can have a con that's like the worst of the worst. They'll come back next year and people will still flock to it. What we're telling you, if you want to go, go. But you're not going to have a good of a time as you would with most conventions. Set the bar, set the expect bar pretty low for this con. And I- well, go. Because there's enough area around the hotel that mm-hmm. people were hanging out dressed in cosplay. You don't have to go to the panels. You don't have to go into the dealer's hall to hang around in the hotel mm-hmm. with your friends and act like, you know, a an adult dressed in a costume. Yep. And be crazy. I wonder how many people went to other casinos in their costumes. Don't know. Just for uh, the photo ops. I don't know, but I don't given, know. But given how... We f- do it for Anime Next. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, but so but I, I don't see why other people wouldn't do it at this convention. See, but with Anime Next, you're within a decent walking distance to all the other casinos. The showboat's well, like at on the very least is on the uh, shuttles. Yeah, the showboat's on the ass end, so you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, there's you can go and hang out and have a good time, and I know you shouldn't ghost conventions, but sometimes. You, you have to make you have to make the bottom dollar what is your answer honestly if if this if the lack of staff isn't going to care why should you by the way this kind of is a prime example of ha- of the fact that convention staffers need to wear staff shirts it, oh yeah, that definitely. Just definitely, it's one thing to see half them. Half the people, yeah. half of the people that said that they were staffers, I never would have known mm-hmm. because they all were in street clothes. Yep, and there was no uniformity whatsoever. And that, I mean, that's that's not how you run a convention. No, it really isn't. I think the concha here feels like, well, we're going to do it my way. Not going to get help from other people. We're going to do it. So. So no, and if you're wondering, we're not going back next year. Even Unless Kyle comes back, yeah. But even then, I would we go find down. More important things to do on the uh, Jersey Shore. Yes. Yeah. I, even then, I would go down and you know meet up with him outside of the convention to say hi and give him cookies. Exactly. So I'm guessing I didn't miss a whole lot by uh, staying home and recuperating. You're, no, you being home at recuperating was a lot more a lot more enjoyable than this. A nap would have been a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I I took a lot of those. You know, just passing in and out of uh, consciousness. You know, laying in that hospital bed. Mm. I mean, I, I I think I was you know I was disappointed that there was no video room. I didn't even I, I realize like there was no video, video room until you said something. I like a good video room. And look, um, look, I and, mean and, that I'm biased because I was video head for so long. And, and let, but and, I, I like a good video room, and it's so easy to you know contact Crunchyroll and say, "Hey, I'm running this convention. Can I use you to stream?" And they go, "Yeah." And then you have a room with Crunchyroll. You can do the same thing with Funimation. And just stream anime for people that are sitting in a in a freaking room. Yep. That's all it takes. You know, we probably could have just you know gone down to uh, Ocean City and spent the day you know schlepping up and down the boardwalk. Yeah. And by the way, if even if you do it, I would have stre- loved to do that. Even if you, you even if you're doing it, stre- even if you're doing it streaming, you don't have to be in the room. You can set the computer for remote access. Someone can be like, okay, it's two o'clock. Go remote into the machine, to the computer, pull up this title, let it run for two hours. Whatever. Not hard. And now that we got that out the way, let's see if we can quickly get through the rest of the stuff that's on the docket tonight. I haven't even pulled that up. (laughs) Whoops. I honestly did not think it would go this long. I, I, I really didn't. So, as you can... Uh, Alright, so... 
We're going to talk quickly about uh, Cowboy Bebop. I was really hype and excited, you know, about this. So, basically, oh, yeah. the screenshots are out. So, we're going to go ahead and get, and give y'all give y'all the, uh, the business on that. Okay. The <clears throat> Now, that's really nice. What is it? Oh, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Netflix announced on Monday that there's a live act that it's live action Cowboy Bebop anime. No, it actually is no need to read to read that. So oh. you know, yeah, we're just gonna we're just going to uh, run right run right through this real quick. So and yeah, yeah, you can start on the second one. Yes, since the first one is just pictures, mm-hmm. so we can show the pictures as Ari is going over mm-hmm. the uh, controversy of um, everybody bitching. Yeah, and I'll just say I understand why they're bitching. And for those of you who don't know, that's Faye Valentine. The fans are bitching about it. First things first, when there's a live action adaptation, expect changes. Yeah, I'm not too too fond, but I like it. I like it. Yeah, please. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> uh, Daniela Pinedo, who will star as Faye Valentine has sent a hilarious response to people criticizing her casting in the role. The show, which will premiere as follows, a reworking of the legendary anime that premiered in 1997. Holy shit, I feel old. <laughs> it only has a 26-episode run, the sci-fi western telling the story of a group of space-faring bounty hunters in the year 2071. is credited with helping popularize the anime art from, form with the western audiences. The new show is hotly anticipated by fans, but of course, any ad- adaptation of a beloved property is put under a microscope by people looking for any deviation from the source material. They'll find those source materials right next to their penises. Mm. On Monday, Netflix dropped a set of first-look images from Cowboy Bebop depicting a character Spike Spiegel, Jeff Black, and Faye Valentine. Uh, Spike and Jeff Black played by John Cho and Mustafa Shakir, respectively. More or less instantly, it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom star Panita was derided by people who didn't think she fit the image of Valentine for the original anime. And this is a direct quote from the, from the article. A busty woman of inhuman proportions. First things first, Faye is not a busty woman of inhuman proportions. I mean, she is endowed, but, you know, she can still hold her own. On her Instagram, Panita shared a sarcasm trimming apology for not having a perfect body to match the original design, saying, "Wait, wait, wait! Don't even don't 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 even say it." Oh, you're gonna play it? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna see if it if I can get it to work. Oh, please do. Got my tea right here. Um, for, no, for some reason, it's not going through. So. Well, well, Maybe you turn up the volume. No, I I think it's the it's the audio settings on my end. So, <clears throat> six foot double D's breasts, Go. two inch waist. They looked everywhere for that woman and couldn't find her. Kind of weird, so they went my short ass. I know, right? Hmm. <laughs> of course, it's the far t- far from the first time a feel performer has been criticized for not perfectly matching the body proportions of a character, caricature design, or sometimes just not matching unrealistic expectations. Like the derision Kelly Marie Tran got for The Last Jedi. Panina's response is humorous, but she also shyly, slyly pokes hose in a pervasive expectation that women in real muscle looks like the exaggerated figures of an animator's imagination. And that women's bodies are, are something any any stranger can have free range to comment on. Good God, 
I can only imagine the kind of shit that would happen if someone tried to make a live-action Jessica Rabbit <laughs> that did not involve cosplay. Don't tempt them. Please don't. Well, if I'm going to tempt them, I'm going to put a nice big... I'm going to dig a nice big pit trap before that, you know, you know, with spikes, you know, with sharpened sticks on the bottom of it, you know, put landmines, catapult traps, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And let the trolls take themselves out for me. Sounds good. Yeah, the, uh, also the catapult traps fire off, like, sound off the Wilhelm scream when they're activated, so, uh, uh, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> Alright, I need I, I need to fix the whole audio thing. I'll probably play around with that later this week. But um we have some convention updates real quick. Um Wonder Festival 2021 has been canceled due to rising COVID cases. So basically it was supposed to happen on September twentieth, but it's basically nope. <laughs> not happening at all. They are T- tickets are available. I mean, you can get a refund f- through the general public, through from local convenience stores where you got your tickets. Dealers will get a full refund because it was the event that chose to cancel, and they're going to get fifty percent discount off for a future event. So that's not bad. The the, exec- the Wonder Festival executive community explained that when the Winter Twenty Twenty event had been canceled, that the number of exhibitors alone is close to sixty five hundred. Meaning, no matter how the event was to be run, there's no way to limit the number of people in, in the event in accordance to the state of emergency and local COVID-19 guidelines. So you're basically like, you're probably going to lose at least 75% of the vet, of the exhibitors and space everything out. That's what, what You still would have gotten some money, but probably not enough to go into the next year. So it's just totally understandable why it was canceled. And this is the third Wonder Festival to be canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. With the 2020 autumn event canceled because the committee deemed it was too difficult to limit the spread of the coronavirus, like I said. And the last Wonder Festival was the 2020 winter event. And and, uh, and more information about that can be found on Crunchyroll's website. And as for other uh, Japanese conventions, um, Jump Festa 22 is going to be a hybrid event. As it was said in uh, the 38th issue of Shuisha's Weekly Shonen Jump magazine, it's going to be a hybrid event and going to be held as of, that we know of in December of this year. The event will return will feature the return of the uh, Jump Festa Island experience for via special smartphone app. Although Shuisha stated that it will power up the experience this year, the app will again stream some of the stage presentations from the event, which is really cool. The physical party event will be held at Makuhari Mese and Chiba with tickets available via lottery with attendance limited. The magazine stated the situation regarding the physical event is subject to change due to the new corona disease uh, pandemic. Last year, Jump Festa 21 was held as an online-only event in December 19th and 20th. Shuisha usually hosts uh, the events in Tokyo each year as the event features booths, game demos, stage presentations for popular Shuisha franchises. The event usually reveals news about manga, anime, stage plays, and video games. And now we're going to go into our final story of the night before we get into strange news from Japan. Something pretty cool, I think. Yeah, uh, digital contents production company 8 million uh, announced an LGBTQ sensitivity reader service last week. 
the Debate Plus LGBTQ service will provide feedback feedback from LGBTQ individuals and allies to clients before their product is released. The company produced the first season of the Kimono Friends anime in 2017, as well as the Kemarukusa series Mm -hmm. in 2019. The service is cooperating with the openly gay YouTuber Kazuchan, whose channel provides information about LGBTQ issues in Japan. It offers two forms of feedback, surveys for those who wish to gather a wide range of opinions, and group interviews for those who wish to engage in a deeper discussion about the content with a small number of people. In its press release, 8 Million highlighted the need for consultancy in an era where the English word diversity is also becoming commonplace in Japan. However, it also noted that diversity has not promulgated far in society and that there are many harassment-related incidences. Many controversies are the result of unconscious actions or ignorance without malice. Therefore, checks performed internally on the production side may not catch potential issues. 8 Million has accordingly created a service to help bridge the knowledge gap. Uh, 8 Million will moderate on an online seminar with the theme How to Approach Marketing in a Diverse Society on August 30th, which was yesterday. So, not for nothing, that is really cool that there's a company out there um, willing to basically look into all of this for you and help people to see if they are actually being as diverse as they could be without uh, causing issues. Trying to help them be more diverse, you know. I think that's really cool. Very good. And now that we got that out the way, we're going to quickly go through our stories of Meanwhile in Japan. Uh, let's see what we got here. Hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> Lord, I you know what? I'll, I'll take the third one. I guess I'll take the second one. And I will take the last one. And as Bonzable Six says, "Memo to Activision Blizzard." Oh, don't you know they shredded that too? Uh, I guess we'll uh, leave the other one for later. Sure. So who? Yeah, is- if we come back to it. Yep. Second. Mm. Well, now I don't know how to type for a second there. Don't worry about it. Um, Penis fencing takes over Japanese Twitter. What have I gotten myself into? And the theme makes the most amount of sense. Reactions come hard and fast. Why did they put that in <laughs> Following stimulating segment by Japanese public broadcaster. Japan is not a country that's particularly shy about its fetishes and sexual desires. And with the veil mm. and an the online internet interactions provide, there's even fewer inhibitions when it comes to discussing, discussing such matters on social media. But even with all that said, many Japanese Switch users are still shocked when the platform is suddenly overwhelmingly taken over by penis fencing. The term started trending on Thursday night, and its stimulating nature produced a wad of 
<laughs> Man. The, the guy writing this must have had a freaking field <sighs> Why is penis fencing showing up in my recommended tweets? I've been sitting here laughing at penis fencing, tr fencing trending for 10 minutes straight. I'm at work now, but I can't get it out of my head. I feel like all I've been talking about for the last 12 hours is penis fencing. You may, your first instinct may be to assume the penis fencing is a genre of historical era boys love manga. Or some other dynamic kink from a subset of the otaku fujoshi community. Wait, wait, at, just... wait. At that point, that's when the entire staff turned and looked at Mako-chan. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> What'd I do this time? <laughs> I imagine broken swords in this version are much more dangerous. Chink. One that's just now leaking out in the mainstream, perhaps the result of the long drought of Kamaket Dojinji events, not giving such oriented enthusiasts an outlet for their passion. The truth is that it's isn't even an anime. It's a science marine biology one. On Thursday evening, Japanese public broadcaster NHK aired the latest installment of its annual documentary series, Hentoku Dobutsu Academy, or Unusual Anime, Animal Academy. For one segment, the in-studio panel turned their attention to flatworms and learned that certain species' mating habits include a practice called penis fencing. The name might have you imagining a male flatworms compete for mates by battering their dicks into each other, <laughs> with whoever is surviving the ordeal in the work, in working order go on a mate with the female. The truth is even more shocking. I should probably turn away now. When they fence, they're trying to impregnate the other while avoiding getting impregnated themselves. The duel ends with the victor injecting its sperm into the loser's body. Yes, injecting. Mm. Apparently, any opening they can find or create will do. As long as it gets inside the loser's body, it can find its way into the ovaries. Of course, no matter how deep your respect for science and the majesty of nature are, it's impossible to not see the human... And the term penis fencing, which the Japanese, which in Japanese pronounced penis fencing, being bandied about by Japan's most respected television station. And Japanese Twitter users continue pleasuring <laughs> themselves with jokes long after the broadcast ended. Flatworms are so BL, not sure what that means. I get the feeling that now that the term is out there, we're going to see some unique things online. It's definitely going to be a hentai manga term after this. Don't give them any ideas. Too late. I would totally watch penis fencing as an Olympic event. <laughs> oh, God, there's a, there are... There's this one echelon of jokes that just put itself right into my lap, but I can't honestly say it without looking like a total ass. <sighs> you done? <laughs> uh, I, was like, I was watching a program with my son, and so did you stab mom with something? All I could say was, yes, that's right. Ugh. I don't have enough alcohol for this. Well, as the saying goes, any port in a storm will do. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
I'm sorry, Ari. I'm sorry. And penis fencing in the Olympics. God damn it. Just remember, you had an option not to do it. <laughs> but we appreciate right. your we appreciate your sacrifice, sir. Right, F's in the chat. <laughs> Oh, God. I'd play taps if I had it. But anywho. Next up, we're going to talk about an Osaka man that was arrested for smearing poo on a teen's backpack. God. Relatively tame compared to what I just, we just went through. And right now, Makachan is humming the theme of the great and mighty poo. So, anywho, <laughs> at about 8.40 on July 29th, a 17-year-old young woman was walking through the streets of Soita City, Osaka Prefecture, where she began to notice an odd and horrible smell. After walking some more, it began to feel as if the smell was following her, so she stopped and checked her backpack. To her horror, there were streaks of what happened to be human poo smeared on it, and she went straight to the police. It hasn't been reported exactly how the authorities managed to track the offender down, but about a month later, they arrested a 24-year-old man who lives in Osaka City for assault and damage to property. During the arrest, the police found a capped bottle, with this, a plastic bottle, with the suspect's own poo inside of it, as well as a small tube. The suspect had reportedly gone out during a work break at an assisted living facility and committed the crime. According to the investigation, the man said he was dealing with stress from his job as well as a divorce a year before, to which he attributed the general ill will towards women. Readers of the news were having very particular trouble grasping the cryptic connection between the suspect's motives and the very specific actions. Comments such as, I don't get how that relieves stress. Big man taking his anger out on teenage girls. I'm still trying to figure out how the tube works. I'm gagging just imagining what that must have been like. How did he get it in the bottle? Well then. The last question seems crucial in trying to figure out the mind of this criminal. The amount of forethought that had to go into preparing the bottle makes it appear to be a premeditated attack done by a man driven to smear poo on people's bags using his own particular woes as an excuse. The fact that he also still had the bottle, or possibly even a different bottle, weeks after the incident he was arrested for suggests that it probably wasn't an isolated incident either. We can only be thankful that his activities were put to an end swiftly. Jesus. What a shithead. That's just turtable. So, uh, Mako, go ahead. Before so, she rips um, another one. What was that? Before she rips another one. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, this is how I feel right now. Here is a bag of knives. Ching! Uh, there's some excellent security footage, and for a very weird reason. October 13th should have been a calm time in Japan. Most of the country was still on vacation for the Obon holiday, which is typically celebrated by going back to your hometown and relaxing and reminiscing with family. Um, but 
August 13th was also a Friday the 13th, and so it was perhaps inevitable that some weird stuff would be going on. In the suburbs of Kyoto, one man who'd been out during the day returned home to find that a mysterious bag had been left on his front doorstep. Looking inside, he found a pile of knives, and even freakier, nearly a dozen of the blades were stained with a gruesome-looking red liquid. It turned out that earlier in the evening, another man, dressed in jeans and a t-shirt, had strolled up to the house and left the bag there. In total, 17 knives, including both cooking knives and the cleaver-like Japanese hatchet called a nata, were bundled inside the plastic bag. Upon examination, the 11 red knives were found to be colored with paint, not blood, but still that only downgrades the situation from really, really, really freaky to really, really freaky. (laughs) But the freakiness level gets boosted back up again with the fact that the owner of the house has no idea who the knife man is. Uh, according to uh, the owner, he says, I have no idea what's going on. I've never seen him in the neighborhood, and he's not someone I've had contact with at work either. I've never seen him before in my life. If you're wondering why there's not one but two excellent angles of security camera footage, which has been taken down, unfortunately, it's because the homeowner himself installed them. That level of caution Uh, That level of caution is sort of unusual in relatively low-crime Japan, but he made the decision to install the cameras two years ago following an incident in which someone left a bag of knives on his front step. Wow. Given the extremely strange and specific dumping, it seems incredibly likely that both bags of knives were left by the same person. Uh, (laughs) um, As if it is not threatening enough... Um, to put the bag of knives, but to also uh, paint some of the knives red. Um, He also pulled out a can of spray paint, red spray paint, and left a line down the side of the homeowner's car before leaving the scene. In a final bit of oddity, the knife man was wearing a glove on his right hand as he carried the bag, but also used his ungloved left hand when setting it down. As a result, he may have left identifying fingerprints that the police are currently searching for, um, searching for him on charges of vandalism and violating the firearms and sword control law. Well, now, uh. as Cedabiri says, bag of knives need to be an item in a Scott Pilgrim tabletop game. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> And as nice. you expect them to pop out like random things to go, Kirichan! <laughs> and on that note, I, 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 I think we are done here. I, I think we're absolutely done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shall I close up shop? Yes. Please do. So if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters, and we tell it like it is, as you obviously saw. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. 
And don't forget to head over to our website at AnimeJamSession.com where you will find our weekly podcast. Uh, cosplay tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, anime reviews, editorials, links to our convention coverage of photos and videos, and a whole lot more at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget... If you're on your iPhone, Android, Windows phone, whatever, you can take our podcast on the go. Just do a search for Anime Jam Session in TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Over 500 episodes will pop up. Pick a number and start listening. And what's cool is that these little apps have little, you can give uh, reviews and so forth. We greatly appreciate that if you left one. And don't forget to follow us on our social medias, uh, Anime Jam Session at YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us there for convention photos and videos, when we're going live, new articles, and then some. Let's see what else we have here. And don't forget our tip jar. Uh, you, if you like what we do, you can throw us bits. Uh, you can go to our Ko-Fi and our Streamlabs link and give us a few dollars. We'd really appreciate that. And the auto-hosting goes a long way. So we're going to go around the room. Last words, Ari. Uh, it feels so good to be back. Mm, back in the old hot seat. Mm-hmm. Mako John? I'm looking forward to having another three-day weekend. Mm. My last words is, got a couple of animes to watch and fresh tub of ice cream. Well, that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And hopefully Itchy will be back. We'll have the whole crew together. It'll be fun. So I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I am Mako-chan. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Night. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. That is perfect. Excellent. We'll be back next week. We're out of here. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol-whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing! Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!